After. Season 1, Episode 5. We have been busy bees. My love of lists has helped me plan things out. See the picture as a whole, but it also serves the purpose of overwhelming me. I see the things we have to do. I understand the plans, but I must remember to break them down into steps. Like building up a stock of propane and gas at a safe but still convenient location. Collecting and cataloging seeds for the spring. Gathering gardening equipment. Searching for and then adopting animals to raise. Collecting a massive amount of firewood, putting together first aid kits, medical information forms, basically an entire library of material on the basics of pretty much every useful task we may or may not ever have to perform. See? Overwhelming. But there are steps to each of these, and the first step is establishing our home. Location, location, location. Some of the factors of choosing a home haven't changed. Availability is not an issue in today's real estate market, nor is price. But location is still key. Other than that, though, what house do you pick? That gorgeous mansion you would never have been able to afford before? Maybe a house with a pool for hot summer days, or one up on a hill with a great vantage point. Do you set up in a supermarket so that for the foreseeable future, food is at your fingertips? I can see now that I already knew exactly where we would go. I think I might have known before you know, that if anything ever happened, this is where I would go. That might have sounded crazy. It's not like I'm a prepper or a conspiracy theorist or that I enjoyed spending time thinking about the demise of humanity. No. But, I mean, I watched The Walking Dead. I've seen I Am Legend. I've read The Hunger Games, The Maze Runner, The Bridge to Women's Country. You think about it. What would I do? Where would I go? What would it be like to wander around Beyonce's house all alone and go through her medicine cabinet? (laughs) If you could figure out where they lived without the internet. But regardless, I'd weighed the options before and... My choice was still solid. Eight years ago, when we had been planning our wedding, we viewed several venues. We ended up deciding on a swanky hotel downtown in the end, but one place we visited was the wedding barn. Although, it was known to us as the party barn. (laughs) It was just outside of the city disused, plopped on this empty field for years. Teenagers would gather there and drink in the dark, 
play music just far enough out that they wouldn't bother anybody. Once in a while, the cops would drive by, flash their lights to hurry the adolescents home, or at least make a perfunctory effort to do so. But the younger generations haven't had the pleasure. Several years ago, the land was purchased and turned into a venue. The barn was fixed up just enough to be considered shabby chic. Electrics wired in, a chandelier raised, hardwood floors installed. It was trendy. A rustic venue for events to be held three seasons out of the year. They also built a small cottage on the land. Marigold or Sunflower House or something like that, they called it. It was this cute little yellow thing with a main floor that was one big room, perfect for staging your event with a kitchen that could accommodate your caterer. The second floor had two bedrooms and two bathrooms, and the kicker was the master bedroom. The chimney along the east side of the cottage supported two fireplaces, one in the main room downstairs and one directly above it in the master bedroom. Perfect for your honeymoon night. The cottage was marketed as a staging area, a bridal prep suite, wedding night getaway. But it's actually pretty perfect for life after. The fireplaces will make it far easier to keep warm in the winter. The large open main floor may be harder to heat, but the master bedroom will be nice and cozy. The venue is also set on five acres of land. Riverside land. Close for fishing and retrieving water. There's a small field beside the barn. They always planted sunflowers there, I guess. It made a good wedding photo backdrop, but it's a decent size for a big garden. Not too large to manage by hand, if you make it your full-time summer job. The other land is all trees and meadow, and let me tell you, those acres are home to at least one herd of white-tailed deer. They are everywhere along that part of the highway. There's a new dead Bambi on the side of the road every week near the wedding barn. One day I'll learn to shoot, and one day after that, maybe I'll snag one of those deer. See, I'm always thinking ahead. I told Beth that we would go around the closer farms this week, look for some animals to go in that fancy barn, I know it's been converted, but I don't think horses will mind walking on wood instead of dirt. Gosh, maybe it wasn't a good idea to tell her about the animals. I have no idea what state we'll find them in, even if we do find them. I guess I kind of thought they'd be fine, but I don't know how dependent domesticated farm animals are on their farmers. 
Oh God, what if they were tied up and couldn't get to water? Hopefully, they will be like the dogs and get themselves free, but not too free. Just like loose in a paddock or in a meadow inside a fence, grazing. I don't fancy attempting to wrangle a horse. Maybe that should be the first thing we do, collect our animals. I'd like two horses, one of each gender, or do horses need to be in mating groups? <laughs> you know, I just reached for my phone again to look it up. And people in the future are going to be so confused by that. I wanted to look up some information on my phone. If they find the definition of phone in a dictionary, it's not going to say an electronic device which has access to the internet, a compository of all information known to man. It'll say something about making a phone call. Our descendants are going to think we are magic. So, we are in search of two horses. Hopefully, ones that will mate one day. We want maybe three or four goats, maybe five sheep, maybe five chickens in a rooster, or whatever combination they're supposed to go in when I look it up in whatever book I will eventually find on the subject. Should we try for cows? For some reason, it feels like it would be easier to keep horses than cows. And what about pigs? I know a girl that had a pet pig back in high school, like a full-sized potbelly pig. The family had a small sty for her in the backyard. I remember a lot about the care required to keep pigs as pets. I thoroughly researched it for my presentation entitled, Dear Mom and Dad, here is why you should let me have a pet pig like Chloe does. It was not well received. <laughs> we will need to start collecting seeds soon too. I've got a bunch from my own garden already. Squash, tomatoes, peas, beans, lettuce, cucumbers, potatoes, and carrots. I would also like to find corn. I guess I'll need a book on growing that too. And I guess wheat. Ooh, am I gonna have to find an antique little flour mill? Probably. That or Beth will have to grind away at it with a stone. Talk about child labor. It can be my very own little sweatshop. That being said, we will be okay for flour for a while. There's no shortage in the store, and I'm not sure exactly how stringent those best before dates are. One thing at a time. I took Beth to see the cottage. I asked her if she liked it, if she thought it would be a good place to stay. She made a good point after we'd broke a window to get inside. The cottage doesn't have any 
large expansive windows and it'll be dim in there with no electricity. But the summer draws to a close, I'm far more concerned about the insulation than the lighting. She was very excited about the animals. She's off making her own lists right now, thinking up names for them. We haven't even found them yet, but she wants to be prepared. <laughs> like it's not going to be hard enough to eat the family pets. I actually know a bit about this. Hanging meat, skinning, making the cuts. My husband and his dad hunted and when they would bag a deer, I would go help his mom make sausage. Although I stayed far away from the garage and the portable butcher's table they set up in there, it was hard not to obtain a pretty thorough understanding of the process. Thinking of the hunks of meat as their individual parts makes it easier. As a whole, it looks like Bambi, but as cuts of meat, it's just a grocery store cooler. Beth asked if we could paint the second bedroom, her bedroom. She's been sleeping next to me, so I guess it's good that she wants her own room. It will be extra work and an unnecessary task to redecorate the room, but it's such a simple request. And don't kids do that normally? When their family moves to a new house, they choose the color to paint their room and put their posters up. I told her yes, and on the way home we hit the abandoned hardware store. There's a crazy amount of paint on the shelves, but none of it is pre-tinted. I wasn't going to grab spray paint cans and do the entire room. So we grabbed a paint, I opened it, and I busted into the tinting machine. I broke into the blue, and I added three drops to the can I'd pried open. We did a silly shake-it dance to try and mix it together. It was not effective. It ended up being easier to just stir it. Almost ten minutes of stirring. In the end, it was a really dark navy blue, not the sky color Beth had chosen. We tried again and finally got it right. It will probably come out streaky, not in an even tone, but whatever. It will be hers. I just hope this tint comes off my skin. We made a crazy mess. When I busted into the blue, the toner went everywhere. I started to get overwhelmed at the disaster I created and thinking about cleaning it up just made me want to cry until I remembered that I didn't have to clean it up. It was such a freeing feeling, I laughed out loud and I told Beth that sometimes it felt good to make a mess. This may have been the wrong thing to say because somewhere around the four minute mark of my stirring, she disappeared down the aisle and came back walking bent over and backwards spray painting a green and pink path behind her. Then she stepped in the puddles of paint and made colorful footprints. 
It drove me crazy. I'm going to have to work on my instinctive neatness. I guess it's just another part of my personality that I'll be adjusting to fit into this new world.